Hi, welcome to the Sustainably Speaking Podcast. I'm your host, Mia Quinn. Thanks for being with us. Today on the show, we're taking a closer look at the fashion industry. We're learning about emerging trends in sustainability. Our guest is Dr. Julie Willoughby, Chief Scientific Officer of Cirque, which is a really innovative company threading together the future of circular fashion. Let's get right into it. I grew up in the 80s and clothing was, as one of seven, clothing was really expensive. I went to an all-girls school that wore a uniform, so that was pretty much all I had in my closet. And I was very judicious in what I was able to buy. And so I actually sewed and made and learned my passion is sewing textiles. Had no idea there was actually engineering called textile engineering. I probably wouldn't have been a chemical engineer if I knew that. Fortunately, I did become a chemical engineer because it's, it's teed me up for what I'm doing today. Tell me more about what Cirque and, and what you're doing. We're on a mission to power the clean closet so that every article that you have in your closet has been made from clothing that already existed in some form. And we're doing that by recycling a very hard-to-recycle feedstock source, which is polyester and cotton. So we take our garment and we put it in a pressure cooker. Water under pressure acts like a very different chemical than the water you drink. And because of that, it's a really powerful solvent that allows us at the right temperature and pressure to break down the plastic, to break down the polyester. It would work if we put a bottle in there too. In our process, we would break it down to its monomer components. We talk a lot about advanced recycling, which is really chemical recycling. It's supplementing what mechanical recycling can't do. Is that what your process looks like? Our process is that we liquefy the polyester, and we do that through chemical recycling. But we do it in such a way that it's also mechanically removing the cotton stream. So we're able to take polyester cotton, which is what I call an untapped resource because it's going to the landfill. So we're going to intercept that. And we can take any feedstock from post-consumer to pre-consumer, which is all the dead stock that doesn't get sold. And post-industrial is all the line scrap. If you go to any cut and sew facility, you'll see tons and tons of this feedstock that needs to be dealt with. The fashion industry as a whole contributes 10% to greenhouse gas emissions. So it's a huge contributor, which is why there's so much pressure on the fashion industry to change that. So where's this enhanced recycling happening? Well, it's happening here in the U.S. We have a, a partnership to take our technology to a scale that is processing up to 1,000 kgs per day. How much is that like? Is that like filling up my house? It's a good question. So it's like 10,000 t-shirts a day. I'm seriously looking at the tag of my shirt right now, which is like kind of athleisure. So this shirt has 75% polyester, but there's other stuff in it. We can tolerate the spandex in there. It gets filtered out. It doesn't get recovered yet. And so what it does is reduces our yield. So if you're cutting and sewing a t-shirt for every t-shirt in your closet, there exists t-shirt worth of scraps. So it's like a one-to-one. That's how much scrap that exists. You know, the great thing about those scraps is it's like the best grade of 
fabric to go into our process. And there's so much availability of it. So if you start with one t-shirt that is, say, 100% cotton, we would recover essentially 100% cotton coming out of that t-shirt. If it's 100% polyester, we would recover all that polyester. Are a lot of the garments 100% polyester that you're getting? There is a stream of inputs or feedstock that could be 100% polyester. We can recycle that, but the magnitude of how much polycotton available is on the order of you know, four times that. So it's really important when you scale a technology is your availability of the feedstock. But fortunately for us, there's still t- plenty of feedstock without collecting everything. And even your Goodwills, your Salvation Armies, we can take that clothing. You have to sort it and, and prep it so that we know the composition going into our process. How are you collecting all this? We have people calling us to just please take it. We work with brands if they made too much. I would say there's probably 20 to 30% dead stock out there. What's dead stock? Dead stock is the, it's like the things that don't get sold or it could be quality. So it's production that hasn't been sold. So you're getting the feedstock, but for some who don't know what that means, the clothes. And then you're going through this chemical recycling process. And then they're taking the product, they're making new clothes, and that those clothes have a certain amount of recycled content in them. And so where do you see this going? Like, I mean, I'm assuming it's catching on. And, and which is higher right now, your supplier or your demand? Oh, our demand. I can't make this fast enough. I know your goal is uh, by 2030 to recycle 10 billion garments. How, how are you going to get there? We're going to build an ecosystem for the circular textile economy, and that includes bringing in the garments or the textile scrap from cut-and-sew factories. There's no solution right now, except for ours, to take it back and make usable product at an economic scale that's viable. We're creating the blueprint to cut and paste our facility, what we're calling Cirque One, all over the world. How'd you get here? Like, I know you're a chemical engineer. How did you get to fashion? I mean, I know you've always been sewing. I love fashion. I actually sewed my entire wedding party. Back in 1994, I spent a year sewing all my sister's bridesmaid's dresses and then my wedding dress. Wow. Which was crazy. I was actually sewing it. They were teasing me. I was sewing the buttons on, I think, a couple days before I was getting married. So I was always sewing, and I was sewing because I would look at clothing in the store and be like, I can create something better. So that was my incentive. And I was always working full time, and so this was my side thing. And I remember sketching out my dresses as I was doing polymerization reactions in the lab. So I'd have my lab notebook, and I have a little picture of my wedding dress. So then how did you end up at CERT? I was a chemical engineer at Nike, and one of my old postdocs was working in recycling technology, and she heard from this company that they were looking for a chief scientific officer. And she said, hey, Julie, I don't know if you want this, but maybe you, ought to, you could check it out. And when I saw it and I met the people, I was like, oh, I have to really, I have to do this. And so that's how I got to CERC. So you've got some huge brands that you're working with. What, what more needs to happen what we need is, as you're scaling this technology, we need the capital investment. So when I was looking at my tag, it makes me think, what's in my clothes? What should I be looking for? Is there something I should be looking for? I'd say that when you look for 
what's in your clothing is like designed for circularity. It's having as few ingredients as possible. So polyester's great, cotton's great. If you stick to those two, then I would say you're in the right direction. Do you see a future where sustainably recycled textiles become the norm? Yes, absolutely. It has to be. And when you follow sustainable fashion, it just seems like everyone's focused on it. And we need those early adapters to bring us along this journey. So like, encourage that adaption, encourage that investment. The textile supply chain is very convoluted. And you'll see that all over where Made in the USA, the initiatives to bring the textile industry back to the USA. And there is still material here. As far as the brands, I can say Patagonia was our lead investor in our Series A. So we were honored to have them be our and continue to be our partner in this journey to ensure that what the new materials that we're making are responsibly sourced. Many people might not know who Inditex is, but it's the flagship company for the Zara brands. So they invested in our B round. How? How can we do that? Like for me or listeners that we're interested in what you're saying and we want to get involved, but like what can we actually do? I think one is what you're doing right now, bringing the awareness of how much of a problem this is. Unless you see the amount of waste out there from our purchasing decisions, it's going to be hard to change them, but it is changing. There is the secondhand market that is really coming up as a true market and one that's very profitable. But clothes still wear out. You still want the latest fashions. What you can do is to start thinking about recycling. So where could I take my clothes if I know, like, they're not donatable so that they can be recycled by you? I have a vision that there would be, like, a very simple drop-off. So say you're going into Target and there's a drop-off for your clothes. And that's where they would go. And then there'd be that collection similar as to that curbside recycling. So that encouraging that the investment in the infrastructure of putting the clothing into recycling bins. So Worn Wear is a program that allows you as a consumer to send your jacket back or your t-shirt back that you no longer want, and you'll get a credit for it for a purchase of a new Patagonia gear, and then that jacket gets a new life. So the recycling, it's where we need to be. It is our future. And so as our technology has grown around textiles and they've combined and made these beautiful fabrics that have properties that the fashion industry demands and expects and our, the consumers expect, and that's not going to go away. Clothing makes us feel great. You know, the right style can make us feel great. And you want to keep wearing them. And they do wear out. So let's bring them back and just keep recycling it over and over. The same goes for the bottle. What do listeners need to know? I would say, I mean, it's it's not just about recycling. It's, it is about buying quality. It is about wearing and consuming your garments to their end of life. So the average t-shirt is seven wears. Be conscious when you're buying. Be mindful when you're buying. In Portland, we had something called, and, and it's not just Portland, but it, it is very Portlandia, like we had naked lady parties. Have you ever heard of a naked lady party? No. So it's when you get a bunch of your friends and it, it could be, it doesn't matter which gender you are and you, you throw it, you throw all the clothes in a pile, you have a bunch of fun, and everyone brings their clothes in and you walk away with new clothes from someone else. So, you know, that mentality is so important. Oh, wow. 
Because I have to say, I'm all for like reusing and donating and all that. I mean, it's complicated, right? So we have a technology roadmap or product roadmap, and we need to get the system set up. And that will support the additional infrastructure to keep recycling all the other components. Because my vision is for us to be the go-to maker of recovered materials for the fashion industry. Okay. I love that. Thank you so much. I hope we can continue talking with you because it's amazing. Thank you. Thank you very much. So while Julie and her team are threading the way for a sustainable fashion future, there's clearly so much more that needs to be done to reach a fully circular fashion economy. Am I going to try organizing a naked lady party? Maybe. Thanks for being with us today. And join us next time on Sustainably Speaking for part two of our fashion series, where we take a closer look at designing for sustainability.